This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bentliff, and I am joined by the CEO of Pro CFO Partners, Nelson Tepfer. And Nelson, it's always great to share space with you. Uh, thanks so much for coming back. One of the things that I love about Pro CFO Partners, and you in particular, uh, Holly as well, and uh, and Brian, I mean, who, everybody I talked to over there, is uh, a sensibility around the value of the right reports, the value of uh, strategically thinking about and building sort of a responsiveness to what those reports are. And you and I were talking ahead of this uh, episode about scorecards, which in my mind are sort of mini reports. But I want to dive into that a little bit with you and, and understand how I should be thinking about scorecards, what you mean, in case that's a new concept to me in business, um, for a small or mid-market kind of company, but also how do they drive success or are they really better for the rear view, which is not necessarily uh, how we strategically think. So I'm excited to dive into these things with you. Let's start with, what do you mean? What's a scorecard? Oh boy, that's a very open-ended question because obviously that means something very different to all kinds of, of very different people. But, you know, at its most basic, the scorecard is, again, similar to the scorecard, you know, just look at its name. It's how you keep score about different things that's going on with your company. So let's start there at its most basic. It's what you're using to keep score in the different aspects within your organization. Now, what's really interesting about the scorecard, different from what you may think of as a traditional report, per se, is you kind of get to pick what goes on that scorecard. And that's really where it becomes really, really important, because what goes on there and what you look at on a regular basis becomes what you pay attention to within your company. It's one of those you measure what matters to. So right away, my <laughs> mind goes to, well, if I'm a departmental manager, my scorecard might be obviously very different from somebody else's department, but might be very different from somebody in the C-suite. Should I be thinking about it in that sort of uh, tailored or customized approach? You should, because the flip side is when you don't, you turn into this hot kind of horror story. I remember talking to one or one group of business owners and someone said how they used to work in this 27,000 person organization. And when he got promoted to manager, four hours of his week was spent filling out this one report card, this one scorecard that he was responsible to do when he became into manager. And after doing this for a few weeks and then a few months, he started trying to ask, you know, why, why, why are we filling this out? Went up to his manager. I don't know. Went up to his manager's manager, I don't know, went all the way up to the office of the CFO. And it's like, I don't know, this was here before I got here. Uh, you had an entire organization of 27,000 people, everyone at the managerial level filling out this four hours a week, and they had no idea why. I mean, there's a ton to unpack there. One is, uh, how much time should I be spending on this? Because in my mind, a scorecard is brief. It's maybe the three or four or five like, screaming beacons for me to be paying attention to, but maybe I'm wrong. And also... How often should I be iterating or sort of innovating on my scorecard so that I don't run into a, well, this is how we've always done it. So this is how we'll continue to do it sort of situation. <laughs> is there ever a place where it's good enough? Keep rolling with this. Or how should I be thinking about that? So let's start with the first part of the question on, on how complex or how big it should be. And the answer is always, well, as long as long or as short as what's going to work for you. There are some companies where it needs to be boiled down to or for different people who are looking at it. They need to look at these three numbers. This is what they need to track on this regular basis because this is going to inform the decisions or what their activity is going to look like for the coming months or quarter. And there are others who can have an eight-page document that all these are all the things. So a lot of it comes down to what's most important, what's going to work for the person who's actually reviewing it. What does it inform that person of and what do they take action on as a result of it? Mm -hmm. So it can be three numbers. It can be 300 numbers. It's not about a specific number. 
amount. Obviously, we always big fan of starting small and then adding more if you need to. The danger becomes when you get lost in the detail. It's like, oh, no, we're spending, you know, three weeks compiling this one report that we do on a monthly basis, which kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, which is, I think, interesting because one of the things that pops up for me is um, my relationship, the score, my scorecard relationship with somebody else's. So, for instance, let's say I'm a sales manager. I'm mm -hmm. probably interested. My scorecard might have... Um, looking at my sales reps, uh, calls made or attempts made or whatever versus appointments versus closes, something like that. Yeah. But I'm not going to send that up to the general manager maybe, or, or to certainly to the C-suite. They want to know maybe the revenue of that, or they want to know just the close rate or something like that. So how do I organizationally now insulate myself from the stuff I don't want to know so that my scorecard is where it needs to be populated with others is the right thing like is this a, a bottom up sort of philosophy for you or is it a top down if that makes sense top down is the short answer the way we tend to go because top down allows it to be driving for the company as a whole as opposed to if you do it the other way around you can you kind of end up with the tail wagging the dog so i mean if you do it from bottom up then it's like who's the, you know what are those metrics informing all along the way around as opposed to top down it's like these are the goal of what we established for this year for this quarter at the company level therefore this these are the levers that we want to pull or push or pull as a result and therefore this is what we want on the scorecard as a result then it gets broken down to a department or by sector depending on how the company is organized to be able to have the individual scorecards that inform that particular area in line with the company's goals Okay, interesting. So one of the things Halle said to me uh, once was that CEOs and owners, founders, executives should stop measuring things like time being spent on a project or something, unless that's, you know, and that's a, that's a generality. Maybe you really do need to in your business. Maybe that's absolutely the thing you do need to. But her point was the minutia um, is generally better handled somewhere else. So um, somebody has to be measuring that time. I mean, it's an interesting data point for something. But I think sometimes scorecards, without the right guidance or strategic approach, become mm -hmm. sort of um, an exercise for its own sake. You know, like you were pointing out, the guy spending four hours a week or something, it's not necessarily being looked at strategically or, or in relationship with anything else. How do I avoid that? Do you agree, first of all, is that something that is a problem? And how do I avoid that with more organizational sort of thinking? So, yes, I absolutely agree with that. And when it comes to organizational thinking, this goes back to what we were talking about before of doing it from a top-down approach. When I say the top-down approach, I'm saying is, again, let's, let's take a, you know, any industry kind of company, you know, take a sales organization, for instance, which is driven by sales. That CEO may need to look at a whole bunch of information, but when it comes to sales performance, there may be only three to five different metrics that the CEO needs to know at his level. Now, at the sales manager level below that, that person is going to want to know where, yes, where this team is actually spending the time. What are they actually doing? What's working for them and not working for them? So that scorecard may look very, very different at the sales manager role versus the CEO role. But the CEO still needs to be informed overall how the sales pipeline is doing, what that organization looks like, because what they're going to be looking at over there is going to be different than what the sales manager is going to be looking at. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. 
Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com Interesting. So one thing you said a few minutes ago was we suggest you start small. So guide me through that a little bit. If this is new to me, if all I've been doing is the C-suite has been getting reports, uh, you know, once a month, or the entire organization has been getting an overall broad report at the annual meeting, I mean, things that happen all the time, how do I start with a scorecard so that it doesn't feel like it's just another task, but it's a strategically meaningful performance driving behavior in my organization? What questions are you asking? Well, the easiest way to get to jumpstart or kickstart something like this is to almost let it be built off of something you're already doing. So take, let's say, for instance, quarterly planning or strategic planning you do on a yearly basis. It's easier very often to start to springboard it off of something that's already taking place instead of taking it as, oh, brand new. Now we're going to approach it this way. So take something that you're already doing or reviewing or part of your regular process to say, okay. I already have this quarterly report that I review on a monthly basis, for instance. If you do a monthly financial review, for instance, start there. But take from that report or review that you do and take it to something which is more forward-looking, more operational, more driving to say, okay, these are the pieces that I now want to look at on a regular basis because these are going to be key for the performance or the goal that I've set for this quarter or this year or what we're working on for my department or for the company as a whole. So again, going back to strategic planning, right? We establish at the end of well, you know, November, December, whenever companies actually get around to it. Hopefully it's before they start the new year. For some companies, it's not until April and they get to it, but hopefully it's enough in advance that they can actually make the decisions they need to. It's like, great. Now that they've established that these are the goals for the next year and they come up with the targets of what that's going to look like, now they're able to take from there it's just about another step to actually develop what the scorecard that they're going to be looking at instead of starting from the beginning as, oh, I don't know what I should be looking at. For instance, they're going to grow by a certain percentage next year because that's what they established as key. They want to launch this new territory. Okay, what's the scorecard you want to measure that says if you've done this or not? What is that piece you want to measure that you think about as an organization? What is that you want to measure? And that may evolve over time. Like, okay, this month we looked at this. Next month, it should be up to here. If we're not up to here, we need to review the previous month. You you can evolve over time, but you want to be able to boil down the performance into that simple scorecard of saying, is this working or not? Are we keeping true? Are we on track to where we're supposed to be or not? You want to try and let it be as binary as that because that allows you the decision and the course correction to be much easier. I love that. I love this binary. Is it or isn't it? Rather than uh, let's get elbow deep into the numbers and the 50 sheet spreadsheet and all the <laughs> things that, you know, some of us are really interested in, but many of us just want to know yes or no. Is it working or not? And I feel like that simplicity is what makes it most effective. Do you feel like uh, complexity or let me not put words in your mouth. What are some of the things that you see organizations getting wrong when it comes to scorecards? That, that you, they, they seem to be on the right track with wanting to measure these things and on the regular, but they're getting this thing. Is there something that chronically, epidemically? So among the, among the hardest is probably not taking that final step to say, okay, we have these things we want to get to, to actually putting that scorecard you know, in place based on that. They may like the, the they may like the theory of it, but they don't actually they, they struggle between that last step of what they've done from the planning perspective to actually making the action on it to actually putting it into place. So that's why we always suggest when you start something like this, start small. Start with the easiest ones that are that you do want to look at on a regular basis. You want to add more detail and complexity as you do it, that's fine, but you got to start somewhere. So start smaller 
And because when you start with one of those types of things, what you're looking at, again, we talk about measure what matters and any other kind of frameworks that exist in this place, start small. It's easy to put in place these things, and it's always easier to build more on top of it. You just don't want to let it get out of hand. So the biggest challenge is in identifying what should be on there. And that's why we suggest using a springboard off of something you're already doing, like take whatever planning or review you're already doing and use that as a tool to get you started because you already have some of the foundation there. And then to the flip side to that or the continuation of that is start with only a few. It doesn't need to be 50, 50 things on your scorecard. Start with three to five, but make sure they're key for what you, so what, what's going to be successful for you to achieving your goals. Make sure they're tied directly to something like that or your responsibilities or your action items. Make sure they're tied to that so that what you're measuring and keeping track of remain relevant to you through this time period. That's great advice. What... What should I be expecting or asking of my CFO in this process? What responsibilities should they have? What expertise or guidance should I be expecting they're going to bring in without me having to ask for it? So in the CFO's role, this is very often developing that scorecard. What should be on there or not? They're able to take those planning sessions and make it something like, okay, this is where we've identified our objective. Our goal is great. This is what we're going to keep track of that says if we're doing this or not. This is when we need to course correct. This is when we should be concerned. This is when we shouldn't be concerned. This is within range. This is you know abnormal. This is why we need to change it. This is when we need to go back to the drawing board and know that what we thought about this was entirely wrong. We need to change this entirely. But very often it is that CFO's role in driving those scorecards and actually tracking what's working or not working. Obviously, the information from the old, a lot of the other inputs, but it's very often that CFO who's reviewing that to say, okay, this is going or not going, or no, we need to change everything we thought about because this isn't working at all. Does it take, uh, in your opinion, a breadth of experience to do this right? Or, um, you know, because, uh, and, and one of the things that I really love is, is that you've removed some of the uh, tension or even trepidation about this by saying, look, keep it simple. Start with what you already are doing. Keep it to small things. But do you feel like um, to do this well, I'm thinking about ProCFO Partners, obviously, and how you all have you know this vast array of dynamic uh, expertise. But should I be should I be outsourcing this? Should I be leaning on that, or or could my internal team do this pretty well um, successfully? I don't want to get it wrong the first time. <laughs> So, of course, you should call us to help. That's of course, you should call no, us. But, <laughs> but no, but aside from that, it is, you know, it is the breadth of knowledge and experience that we have that informs a lot of those conversations. Because very often on scorecards, it's not just financial metrics. Like it can't just be, oh, well, what was your margin for here? And this is what we want to track. And of course, we want to keep track of where your margin is, where it's supposed to be. Going. But remember, because we're talking about overall business growth or business goals, these numbers and metrics and scorecards that you're looking at very often are not specifically financially related. And sometimes it does take someone with the experience of having worked cross-functional or having built or run or scaled organizations like this in the past to be effective. It's not that organizations can't do it on their own. It's that they might be able to do it better with us. <laughs> Period. Full stop. I like that. That's a bit of a mic drop at the end of that. Probably that's true of all the things. You could probably do this. That's probably true. Nelson Tepfer, CEO at, uh, at ProCFO Partners. As always, the smartest guy in the room. I feel like you should put that on your uh, email signature. It's always great to catch up. I really value the sort of tactical, specific expertise and advice and guidance you had today. And I hope our listeners do too. I think it's great. The takeaways from me are start small, keep it simple. And uh, everything else can grow from there. And binary, is it or is it not doing what you need it to do? Everything else are details that can be fleshed out. And uh, I think those are some really good headlines for us to take back. Thanks, Nelson. Great to be with you.
Thanks for listening, and a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.